Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to BCF Church. You know, this is a great habit to start your new year. Say, I'm going to be here in God's house every week. As long as I'm healthy, I'll be here. Because we need this. We need to sing together. As a church, we need to learn together from God's Word. Make this your habit. If you're watching us online today, please keep watching us. In fact, invite your friends. Invite your family. Share this video with them. We're in a new year. New year, new you. Well, this past Wednesday, like many of you, I was shocked when I heard about the violent protesters attacking our nation's capital, breaking in, assaulting police officers. Brothers and sisters, regardless of your political views, this is wrong. Violence is never right. Here's what God says. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in position of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Would you agree we need God's help in our nation? In a moment, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And if you are able, I'm going to be kneeling just to show my humility before God. If you are able, I invite you to kneel with me. If you're not, feel free to remain where you're seated. But let's pray together. Father in heaven, please have mercy on our nation. God, we have turned from following you. We followed people, we followed political parties, we followed movements, but we have stopped following you. Forgive us. Please protect and guide our leaders. Heavenly Father, please guide President-elect Joe Biden. You say the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and Lord, I believe the same is true for presidents. Please help him in this huge, monumental task of bringing peace and unity to our divided nation. God, please protect and guide President Trump during this transition. Father, give him wisdom. Give him discretion with his words. Lord, we need you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're in our new series, New Year, New You. And would you agree... We all need a reset this year. It's like your computer. Sometimes you just have to turn it off and turn it back on again. I saw this meme. Has anyone tried turning America off and back on again? <laughs> we need a reset. The same is true in our personal lives. You know, this new year is not going to have a new you if you bring the old you into 2021. Say, God, I need a reset. I need a reset in my relationships. Father, I need my, my marriage back on track where it's supposed to be. Or maybe you're saying, God, I need a reset in my health. This year, I need to change some things. I need some good, healthy habits. Or maybe I need a reset in my finances. Have you ever thought this? 
if I just had more money, it would solve all my problems. You think about the average NFL football player. The median income, that means the income between the highest and the lowest, the income in the middle is $750,000 a year. I think, man, if I had that, I would be doing pretty well. But Sports Illustrated has estimated that 80% of retired NFL players go broke in their first three years out of the league. 80% go broke. Why? It's because they don't have a financial plan. See, the average NFL career ends in less than four years, and before their time is up, they've already spent all their money. Well, one football player is doing things differently. Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. He makes more in a year than most of us will make in our lifetimes. But he knows one day his career is going to come to an end. And he says, when my career comes to an end, I want to continue to be able to give and to give more and more each year. See, back in 2005, when Kirk Cousins was in high school, he attended a church service, and he heard about the Ministry for International Justice. He heard about the work that they do fighting human trafficking and slavery. And as a young high school student, he was moved. He says, God, I want to do something. I, I can't travel with them. I can't volunteer with them right now. But God, I want to give something. Now, as a high school student, he did not have much to give. So he said, God, please give me more so that I can give more to them. Well, fast forward 13 years. In 2018, Kirk Cousins signed a three-year, $84 million contract with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, he says, I know that there are not many starting quarterbacks in their 50s and 60s. He says, I know one day this career is going to come to an end. And so with that in mind, he has a plan. He has a plan for saving and giving so that even when his football career comes to an end, he says, I want to continue to give and to give more each year. What is Kirk Cousins doing? He is making God known in his football career. Are you making God known in your life. Last week, we looked at this verse from Proverbs chapter 3. In all your ways, know God, and He will make straight your paths. In all your ways, trust God, follow God, put God first. And God says, I will make your path straight. I will take away the things that have been tripping you up. I will remove the things that have been holding you back. In all your ways, make God known. I'd like you to take out your notes, and I want you to see one of the areas that God talks about. Just a few verses down, Proverbs 3, verse 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, and from the first of all you produce. Now, I want to get something out of the way real, right now. When the Bible says wealth, most of us don't think of ourselves as wealthy. But when the Bible says wealth, this word here really just means what you own. God says, I want you to honor me with your possessions. I want you to honor me with your money. Maybe you only have $8 to your name. God says, I want you to honor me with those $8. Now, maybe you've had the fear that if you give God control of your life, 
he's going to take away all your fun. Maybe you've even avoided coming to church because you thought, man, they are just after my money. And you come here today, and it's a message on money, and you're like, I knew it. I want you to know something. God does not need your money. He owns everything. God owns the whole world. See, God wants you to give so he can give back to you. What does God promise if I honor with my finances? Here's the very next verse. Honor God with your wealth so, circle this word, so, God says, I want you to do this so that your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats, that's where they would press out the fresh grapes, your vats will overflow with new wine. I want you to underline two phrases here. Will be filled and will overflow. God makes us two promises. He says, if you honor me with your finances, promise number one, God will satisfy all my needs. You will be filled. God says in his word, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. I want you to imagine for a moment that you had everything you needed and that you were happy. God says, I will fill you. I will satisfy you. I will meet your needs. But God says, not only that, not only will I meet your needs, not only will you be satisfied, you will overflow. Promise number two, God says, I will fill your life with overflowing joy. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, by the way, God is not telling you to get drunk here. The word here for new wine literally means freshly pressed grapes. It's not even alcoholic, so calm down. In Bible times, wine is considered blessing, a symbol of abundance. It was a symbol of joy. And God says, if you honor me, your life will overflow with joy. Jesus said, I have come so that they may have life. They may have it in abundance. Jesus says, I want your life to overflow. If we honor God, God says, I will meet your needs. I will satisfy you, and your life will overflow with joy. So how do we do this? What does this look like? What does it look like to honor the Lord with our finances? Today, I want to suggest four ways we can honor the Lord with our finances. Number one, recognize that everything I have is a gift from God. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It all belongs to God. It's not like God is in a corner starving and he wants you to throw him a bone. No, he owns it all. In the Bible, King David, he and the people of Israel, they were building the world's first worship center for God in Jerusalem. And in one night... The people donated an estimated $400 million worth of gold and silver. But then David prayed this. He said, God, wealth and honor come from you alone. Who am I? And who are my people that I could give anything to you? Everything we have came from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. It all belongs to you Underline that. It all belongs to God. 
Everything you have is a gift from God. This watch on my hand, this is not my watch. This is God's watch. These shoes on my feet, these are not my shoes. They are God's shoes. It all belongs to him. In your notes, I have some spaces here for you to list your top three possessions. I want you to list your top three prized possessions. Now, I know some of you are going to go spiritual on me. You're going to say things like love, family, health. Yes, those are all gifts from God, but that's not what I want you to put here. I want you to list stuff. I put my house. God, thank you for my house. That is a gift from God. I put my, my computer. God, I use this for work. I use it for play. God, this is a gift from you. My car. God, I could not get to and from church without my car. I want you to list your top three positions. Maybe you're, you're struggling financially and your top possession is the shirt on your back today. Write that down. Okay, you got those three, those three possessions in mind? Raise your hand if you've got those in mind. Okay, I'm still waiting on some of you. All right, okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these things. And I want you to list each of them out loud. Or, you know, silently in your, in your, tell God, okay? God, and I'll say it out loud, God, thank you for my house. God, this is a gift from you. God, thank you for my computer. This is a gift from you. God, thank you for my car. Thank you that it's still running. This is a gift from you. I recognize each of them are a gift from you. God, thank you for all your good gifts. Amen. Honoring the Lord means I recognize everything I have is a good gift from Him. Second way to honor the Lord with my finances, I show that I trust God by returning the tithe. Now, here's a question. If God owns everything, and if everything I have is a gift from God, why does God want me to give anything? Well, the Bible explains this in Deuteronomy chapter 14. The Bible says, set aside a tithe. A tenth of all you produce. I want you to underline that phrase. You'll hear us in church use this word, tithe. It simply means a tenth portion, 10% of my income. And he says, do this so that, I want you to circle that, so that. Why do we do this? So that you may learn to honor the Lord your God always. God says, I want you to give because it shows that you trust me. It shows that I'm grateful to him. It shows that I trust that God will make the 90% I have left go further. Remember, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all you produce. Go back to Proverbs 3.9. Circle that word, all you produce. That means everything. This past year, my wife wrote a children's music book, Music, Music, You Can Too. And from her supply last month, she sold two books. $26. Well, one-tenth of $26 is what? I know, you came here to church not to do math. What is 10% of 26? $2.60. Well, I wanted to make sure I gave that back to God. And when I'm doing that, I'm saying, God, you gave my wife this talent. You allowed us to, to self-publish this book. God, it all comes from you. We're just giving this back to you to say, thank you, God. 
this year when you get your stimulus check. How many of you are looking forward to that? Now, I know $600 is not a lot, but I'll take it. In fact, I got mine on Friday, and we're like, yeah! But as you think about what you're going to spend it on, are you giving 10th back to God? I gave that back to God because I'm saying, God, this is a gift, not from the government. This is a gift from you. And God, I'm telling you, I trust you. God, I'm grateful to you. How do we honor God with our finances? We recognize it comes from him. We give that 10th back to him. And then number three, I must be a good manager of everything else God has given me. See, honoring God does not end when I give that 10% back to God. Honoring God with my money means I have to be a good manager of the other 90%. Be a good manager. What does that look like? First, make a spending plan. Do you know what you're spending your money on? And here's the hard truth about money. If you do not tell your money where to go, your money will disappear. And all of a sudden, your bank account will be empty. You'll have $10,000 in credit card debt. You'll have bills that are due. And you'll wonder, what happened to my money? You didn't tell it where to go. So it disappeared. A friend shared this quote with me. What does it take to blow $10,000 a year? Just $27.40 a day in miscellaneous spending. Yep, that's all. Spending on Whataburger, on Starbucks. Just $27.40 a day. That's $10,000 a year gone. How do you take control of your spending? Get a spending plan. Get a budget. I know for some of you, budget is this dirty word like, ooh, a budget. A budget simply means a spending plan. It's simply telling my money where to go. We have a sample spending plan available on our website. We have a link to it from DaveRamsey.com. And we have copies of these at our resource table. But what you do is at the top you list, here's my monthly take-home pay. Here's my source of income. And then you list your top expenses. And your top ones, the first ones you list, food. You got to eat. Housing. You need a place to live. You need a roof over your head. Um, utilities, because you need water. You need electricity. You need air conditioning in the summer. And then transportation. You need a way to get to work. You need money for gas. You need money for, for car insurance. Or you need money for bus fare. But you list these top four. But at the very top, put your tithe. Remember, God says, honor the Lord from the first of all you produce. That means I don't give God my leftovers, I give to him from the top. Because if I wait until after I pay all my expenses, I won't have any money left. But God says, if you trust me, if you give to me first, I'll make the rest of it go further. It doesn't make mathematical sense, but it works. Being a good manager of God's money means you make a spending plan. Second, get out of debt. Make this your goal. Owe nothing to anyone. When my wife and I got married, we had a school loan, we had a car payment, and we had credit card debt. And I want to tell you about a resource that helped us get out of debt. It's Financial Peace University from Dave Ramsey. 
We took this course together. It helped us get on the same page with how we spend. It helped us make a spending plan. It helped us make a plan to get out of debt. Dave Ramsey has this thing called the debt snowball. And what you do is you list all your debts, and for each one, you make the minimum payment each month. But for your smallest debt, you throw all your extra money at this debt, and you pay it off as quickly as possible. And once you've paid off that smallest debt, you take the money you were paying toward that one, and you put it all into the next bigger one. And it's called a snowball because it grows and grows, and soon you're throwing more and more money. And you know what? We paid off $14,100 in just 15 months. It was so freeing to have zero debt. Well, now we own a house and we have a mortgage. But our goal is to pay off that mortgage as soon as possible so we have more money, so we can be more generous. And you can take this entire course online, Financial Peace University, at financialpeace.com. It's $130, but it is worth every penny. And you know what? You can get two weeks for free. You sign up, and for two weeks, you could take the entire course for free. Try it out. It is worth it. How do I be a good manager of God's money? Make a spending plan. Get out of debt. And then number three, teach your children to be generous. Teach your children to tithe. God says, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Teach them to your children. I know that for some of you, the idea of giving a a portion of your hard-earned money back to God, this is a huge faith step. You know what? I never struggled with tithing. I never struggled with giving money back to God. Now, why is that? Is that because I'm some sort of super ninja Christian? No. It's because my parents, my parents thought and prayed and struggled And then they decided, we're going to give faithfully. And they returned the tithe. And I saw God move in their lives. I saw that even though we had hard times, we never went without food. We never went without a roof over our heads. God provided for all our needs, and we were happy. And then when I got my first job, it was cleaning my dad's office, $15 a week. I said, okay, God, this $1.50, this belongs to you. My parents taught me to tithe. And so then as I got better paying jobs, I always made it my practice to tithe. And you know what? Now that I have a family, I see God provide for me, and I want to teach my children to tithe. I want to teach them, okay, hey, you got that dollar? That's great. Remember, 10 cents belongs to God. I want them to look forward to getting real jobs so that they can say, wow, now I can give to God. Do you want your children to trust in God? Why should they trust him if they see that you don't? Honor the Lord. Be a good manager. Teach your children. How do we honor God with our finances? We recognize it's all a gift from him. We show trust by giving back. We become good managers of what he's given us. But number four... I give God my heart first. Remember, God doesn't need your money. In fact, God doesn't even really want your money. 
God wants your heart. Jesus said, your heart will always be where your riches are. Jesus said, your heart follows your money. And he wants your heart. This is why God asks us to give. Not because he wants our money, because he wants our heart. Jesus says, I want you to know me. I want you to trust me. I want you to love me. And when we give, our heart follows our money. I'd like you to hear from a man who's been with BCF Church since the beginning. I want you to hear his journey to giving God his heart. For me, tithing was one of those things that kept me from trusting Christ. Uh, I grew up in church. I'd heard enough about or at church that, that I knew that was probably something God wanted me to do. And that's why I decided I'm not giving my life to Christ because if I do, he's going to ask for my money. Well, when I was 25 years old, I'd experienced enough of life to realize it isn't working. Life isn't working the way I want it to and the way I've tried to make it work. And so I decided I'm just giving my life to Christ. And so I did. I trusted Jesus on Sunday morning. And when I did, uh, he asked for my money. I knew in my heart that God wanted us to start giving. And uh, you know what happened? That week, I, I got convicted that Debbie and I needed to start tithing. And uh, I, was, I just hated the thought, but I also knew I really, really wanted to follow everything God wanted me to do. So I went to work and I told my boss, who was the reason I trusted Christ, Craig Klepper, and uh, Craig counseled me. He said, here's a good practice. Here's something you can do. He said, just, just start out giving like 1% and then, and then build up. And then, you know, like within a month or two months, go to 3% and over a course of a year, get to where you're giving that, that amount you thought you should, that, which I, to me was 10%. And uh, so I thought, that's a great idea. So I went home and told Debbie, and as I was telling her what I thought we should do, I had this thought. And that thought was, but gosh, if, if you say you're trusting Christ, why would you give part of what you think you should? Why don't you just give it all? And so I told her what I was thinking, we both just agreed, let's just do it. The interesting thing is we really couldn't afford to tithe because we were living to the edge of our income. And um, it meant making decisions. At the time, we owned a, a really big house. We, I had an airplane I owned paying insurance, rent at the airport, and a lot of other things in our life. And so we just realized we had to cut back. And so we started selling things. And the amazing thing is we didn't really miss it. And we found out that, that living in obedience to God was greater than anything we'd ever imagined before. And now having spent many years as a person that, that's always given, we've experienced God in so many ways. I couldn't imagine doing life any other way. God wants you to honor him with your finances. He says, if you do, I'll fill your life to overflowing. I will satisfy your needs. But remember, God doesn't even want your money. He wants your heart. He says this in Hosea 6.6, 6, I don't want your sacrifices, your gifts. I want your love. I don't want your offerings, your money. I want you to know me. Do you know him? God promises he'll do amazing things in your life. 
He'll bless you, but he says, I want you to know me. This is why God sent Jesus Christ. See, God is the ultimate giver. He gave us his son. Jesus died on the cross. He took our sin, our punishment, and then he rose again from the dead, all so that we could know God. If you don't know him, if you don't have that personal relationship with God, that's your first step. If you'd like to start a relationship with God today, I invite you to pray with me. It's right where you're seated right now, maybe right where you are at home. Just talk to God. Tell him something like this. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you love me enough to die in my place on the cross. I believe you took my sins on yourself. Just tell him that. I believe. And I believe God raised you from the dead, leaving my sins buried. Say, I want to know you. Please forgive me for all my sin and all my failure. If you ask him, he will. And then invite him to come in. Come into my life and take control. I'm calling on you as my Lord. That means the owner. Be the owner of my life. God, you own it all. Own me. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, congratulations. You're a part of God's family. Now get to know him. Make him known in every area of your life. Start with your money. God says your heart follows your money. So I get to know God by giving. So here's my challenge to you. Maybe you are not ready yet to give 10%. So take a baby step. Just give something. Like Craig said, maybe you just give 1% or 3% and you just build up to that 10%. Give something that challenges your faith. Now some of you are ready for that next step. And that next step is to start tithing. Every year around this time, we offer our 90-day tithe challenge. We are so convinced that God is going to show up in your life that we say, if you give, if you make this commitment to tithe for 90 days, then at the end of those 90 days, if your life is worse off, if you are worse off financially, just because you tithe, not because you went out and bought a plane, if if your life is worse off, we promise we will return the entire amount. Just... Put on your, as you give, put your name with that. And and make sure you let us know on your connection card, I'm taking this 90-day tithe challenge. And we believe God is going to move in your life. Now, so many of you are already doing this. You're already tithing. I am so proud of you. I want to challenge you to take a step beyond. Start giving above and beyond. A member of our church recently came to me, told me how he got completely out of debt. He went through Financial Peace University, and he said, look, when there is a need in your church, someone comes to you with a need, let me know. I want to give toward that need. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to be able to give above and beyond. This year in 2021, on my spending plan, my wife and I said, okay, God, we want money. We're going to set aside money so we can give above and beyond. You cannot outgive God. He is the ultimate giver. Get to know him. If today you're making one of these choices, you're saying, okay, God, I want to honor you with my finances. I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's talk to God right now. Father in heaven, we want to know you. 
God, give us the courage to trust you, to trust you with our finances. God, we recognize you, you own it all. We can't give anything to you that you didn't give to us first. God, help us to be wise managers of everything you've given us. And more than anything, Father, we want to know you, and we want to make you known. Father, please help us to honor you in every area of our lives. It's in Jesus' mighty name we ask these things. Amen. Thank you.